This is AgriPulse Daybreak for Wednesday, March 25th. Good morning. I'm Jeff Daly. Here's today's headlines. Stimulus designed for all commodities. Trump support strengthens despite uncertainty. Ag and food sectors fight barriers. USDA expected to fund multiple aid programs. A leading architect of the ag programs and the $2 trillion economic stimulus package says he expects USDA could use the funding it gets through the bill to provide several forms of relief to producers beyond a new market facilitation program. Senator John Hoven, who chairs the Senate Ag Appropriations Subcommittee, told AgriPulse, as the negotiations were still going on yesterday, that he expects USDA to craft an aid program for cattle producers and move to MFP later so as to avoid distorting planting decisions. There also will be help for the produce industry that could be stuck with billions of dollars in inventory that was intended for restaurants and food service. All the different ag sectors are eligible for aid, he said. Keep in mind, USDA estimated that it will need $50 billion in funding authority to cover all the damage from the COVID-19 pandemic, as well as the impact of sluggish exports, he said. Trump maintains hold on farm support. Our latest AgriPulse poll of the nation's farmers and ranchers shows President Donald Trump appears to have solidified his support in farm country despite continued struggles on the trade front. We'll have full details on the poll in this week's newsletter, but it also shows that while Ag Secretary Sonny Perdue also has strong support from farmers, the level of enthusiasm is significantly higher for Trump. The poll also indicates that former Vice President Joe Biden is the clear favorite among farmers who are Democrats. Keep in mind, the interviews were conducted from February 19th through March 13th, so the poll doesn't fully reflect the impact of the coronavirus shutdowns. However, Trump's overall approval rating with voters has risen to 49%, up from 44% earlier this month, that according to the latest Gallup poll. Ag and food sectors look to end production and delivery barriers. There was a collective sigh of relief from agriculture and food industry groups when the Department of Homeland Security deemed agriculture to be a critical industry, allowing businesses to keep operating despite the spread of COVID-19. But a few barriers are still surfacing as localities impose stay-at-home orders. Unfortunately, the federal government does not have the right to override state and local governments, says Clay Dettelson of the National Milk Producers Federation, who's the private sector chair of the Food and Agriculture Sector Coordinating Council. That group is working to identify and solve COVID-19-related challenges in the food supply chain. Keep in mind, several groups have been encouraging broader adoption of the DHS guidance. On Tuesday, more than 40 ag groups sent letters to governors urging adoption of the DHS guidance to ensure a consistent approach across all 50 states and local governments. Austin, Texas issued a stay-at-home order Tuesday that specifically cites the DHS guidance, but Denver posted its own list of essential businesses. They include licensed marijuana and liquor stores as well. 
agencies addressing industry issues. The industry also has been working with the FDA on how to handle food industry employees who test positive for COVID-19. The agency posted guidance and Q&A that clarifies that it's not a foodborne illness, so there's no need to recall or put product on hold. Basically, they recommend focusing on the employee and do a cleanup of the area of the plant where that worker may have been. Devilson tells AgriPulse. The Federal Motor Carrier Safety Administration has been cooperative in making changes, but more are needed, Devilson said. Some truckers that drive across state lines are running into problems with their requirements for periodic medical exams. That's a bit hard because the medical community doesn't want you in their office for routine exams. The bottom line? We have problems popping up all over the place, but people are really working hard together in government and in the private sector to solve them, Defelson said. Food service struggles to make retail shift. People just aren't going to restaurants now as social distancing has become the norm, and farmers are trying to adjust to the new reality where demand has shifted substantially towards retail. The United Fresh Produce Association is working with members to try to help them shift to supplying grocery stores, many of which can't stay stocked as the public clears out shelves amid the coronavirus concerns. It's not easy, and it's not only been partially successful, says Robert Gunther, Senior Vice President at United Fresh. The challenges are everywhere. For example... About 80% of the tomatoes produced in Florida are sold to the food service sector. And many suppliers are being stuck with items like large bags of lettuce that can't be sold at retail. Those people who are primarily retail-driven suppliers are working very hard to keep up with demand, Gunther said. On the part of the industry that's focused on food service, that business dried up overnight. Clarity lacking on new DMC enrollment. As we've reported, the plunge in milk prices has rekindled interest in the dairy margin coverage program, which many producers failed to sign up for, presumably because it didn't look like they would get payments this year. The National Milk Producers Federation is urging USDA to reopen enrollment, and Ag Secretary Sonny Perdue has the authority to do that, according to National Milk's president and CEO Jim Mulhern. But he tells AgriPulse that it's not clear whether Purdue can allow new enrollments to be retroactive. USDA now forecasts DMC payments could trigger at the 950 coverage level through October. It's unfortunate that a lot of producers didn't get in, but there is interest both on Capitol Hill and in USDA on ways to reopen the program, Mulhern said. Refiners appeal to the Tenth Circuit. The Tenth Circuit's decision severely restricting EPA's ability to grant small refinery exemptions to the renewable fuel standard will cripple those operations. One of the refineries involved in the case argued yesterday in a petition to the court asking it to reconsider that ruling. RFS volume mandates are continuing to increase, Winniewood Refining Company said in its petition. Prices of renewable identification numbers tripled after the court's decision, and prices and demand for crude oil and gasoline have cratered due to the COVID-19 pandemic, causing a 95% drop in refining margins, the petition says. In short, 
Small refineries will have to purchase more RENs at higher prices to meet increasing RVOs when there will be a historic decrease in demand for and margins on their fuel, Winnowin said, creating the type of situation that constitutes disproportionate economic hardship. Now keep in mind, the administration, after waffling on whether it would seek review or enforce the ruling nationwide, appears to have decided to do the latter. Here's today's He Said It. If you're even thinking about buying gold, I would recommend you take cocaine because at least you'll feel good before it kills you. That's real estate economist Mark Dotzauer on a land market update called yesterday referring to advice he gave during the 2008 recession. Well, that's Daybreak for this Wednesday, March 25th, brought to you by Watkinson Miller and Dairy Management Incorporated. For the latest news out of Washington, D.C., visit AgriPulse.com. For AgriPulse Daybreak, I'm Jeff Daly.